0: Thank you for joining us again today. We're going to join our study on paving the way to the Antichrist. Today, things are going in an unbelievable fashion in terms of just common sense and in terms of anti-biblical notions that people are carrying and spouting out. Isn't it amazing that the Bible, God's Word, talks about how this would be in the last days. It calls it the last days and identifies it as the last days. It even says, the description of the antichrist and how he will take power and we're studying that in our study you see all these things are taking place setting the stage for the antichrist join us in our study and i think you'll be delighted to see that god's word has the answer for today Now, in addition to the fact that it's in high places it's a spiritual battle i want us to to look at one other aspect and so if you can go back with me to the book of daniel then we're going to resume this and actually a little later in our in our whole study I may go back to this again, but I want to show you one thing that's taking place here. Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10 says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, the thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing and had understand the vision. In those days, Daniel, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. And so on and so on. Then... Verse 10 And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palm of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee. Stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. And he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before the God, thy words were heard, and I came for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. Below Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. Here's Daniel. And Daniel understands that there's a message from God about the future. And as he began to pray about it, God sent someone to help him understand what God was going to do. And the prince, a a demon associated with, with the prince of the king of Persia withstood him. There was a royal battle. You want to know something? Right now, in our Congress, I think there's a spiritual battle going on. Don't think for a minute it's flesh and blood. Because the things that are going on make no sense to flesh or blood. I'm going to give you two examples. I could give you 50. There's a, an email circulating right now where a school district just gave permission for kids to dress up for Halloween. I'm not into that. That's not my point. To dress up, Encourage them to dress up for Halloween, but don't wear a mask because a mask might re- retard their learning. Do you see anything... A paradox about that? And all year long, we're wearing a mask. Now, there's something pretty stupid about that, isn't there? And I'm looking at that and saying, am I dumb or am I dumb? I mean, that's only half of it. Okay, so how can people, they're supposed to be smart enough to lead the country, how, how can they do these things? You want to know why? I think they're influenced by the devil. Here's another one. Did you see what they're going to give to the people that are coming across the southern border? Per person? $450,000. Yeah. We're going to give you a free, edu- free college education. We're going to give you a car. We're going to give you a job. We're going to give you... Four hundred fifty thousand. Anyone here like to have four hundred fifty thousand dollars spending money? Yeah. This afternoon, I'm flying down to the southern border. I'm going to go across if I can get four hundred fifty thousand dollars. And I say this is ludicrous. Four hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's more than I pay my teachers in two years. I mean twenty. I mean four hundred fifty thousand. That's that's crazy. Your government's not that crazy, are they? Yeah, good for you. Well, you should have gone across the southern border instead of the northern border. That, yeah, you could have been a wealthy man. You could have been buying us all burgers right now. Okay. Whenever you see things that go beyond common sense, you know what? We're, we're going to disagree on things. That's okay. We can disagree. You know, you like red, I like blue. I like the Chiefs, you like the Raiders. We can live through those disagreements. But sometimes things absolutely leave common sense. Why? Because let me tell you that that the devil's working overtime. And we're going to watch it get more and more ridiculous until finally he's going to say, worship me and don't worship God. Take a mark on you because otherwise you're not going to be able to buy, sell, trade, or eat. Folks, it's coming. It's going to come after the rapture. But if you're not saved, you'll be here during that time. And you can be the smartest person on the earth. You can have more money tucked away savings. And sooner or later, the Antichrist will crack your shell and he'll have you exactly where he wants you. So now let's go back to this mystery of iniquity because we want to find out what this Antichrist is. And, um, and so here's another aspect of it. He, it's always based on deception. He, he will say one thing and do another. Next, it's this. The lawlessness, okay, it, it's already begun. In, in Paul's day, it's going to get worse and worse. And finally, just like this scene in, in Daniel chapter 10, can you imagine Daniel, the prophet Daniel, having, having someone come, a spiritual, uh, probably an angelic being come to help him understand what, what God is saying? We have that too. That's called the Holy Spirit. And something resisted this interpretive scripture for Daniel. It was a spiritual battle that took place. May I remind you that in the book of Job, the devil's very active with Job right in his lifetime. And and we'll look at some other examples later. Then in Revelation chapter 10, it says that Satan gets kicked out of heaven in the middle of the tribulation. And when he does, he knows his time is short. I started to point that chart, it's gone. He knows his time is short, and he's very mad. And because he knows his time is short, he he begins extra activity. Let me tell you, the Antichrist knows it's about time for him to make his appearance. And and so I think that's why I'm so concerned, because I really think, if we're not careful, we're going to feed right into the hands of the so-called Antichrist. Now, let's go back to our subject, the content for chapter 2. Chapter 2 of Thessalonians, and we'll go back and and now we'll, we'll go, I'll, I'll begin to tell you what I'd planned to tell you originally today. Chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech your brethren by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. See that phrase, by our gathering together unto him? It's really the word for caught up with him. Chapter 2, verse 1 is the rapture. Okay, Verse 2, that you soon, that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as the day of the Lord is present. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come the falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And so the text for this whole thing is that the Antichrist comes, but he doesn't come until after the rapture has occurred, and there's going to be a falling away first. I think when we begin to see apostasy in the church, one of the One of the indicators of the tribulation is the apostasy in the church. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that that the Antichrist is going to bring everybody into one single church. Now, how in the world, how in the world could you ever get Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, Christians, and Catholics all together into, into one? It's taking place right now. I'm going to show you the picture. Yeah. Now, here's why I'm concerned. That doesn't take place completely until we're gone. But I'm going to show you a picture that's supposed to come true in 2022. And, and when you see it, it, it's the most unbelievable thing I think I've ever witnessed in my life. Can't happen until, until we're gone. But we're on the brink of it. Next. Next. Who is he? Well, here's what the Bible says about him. Number one, he's called the man of sin. You see, everything that Christ is, the Antichrist is the opposite. So is, is Jesus sin? He had no sin. Until he went to the cross, he had no sin. The Antichrist likes to be called the man of sin. You want to know why? He's always trying to get you to sin. That's what he did with Eve. He took the simplest thing. Why, why was it wrong? It wasn't wrong to take the fruit. It was wrong to disobey God. You see what Satan does? If he can get you to disobey God, even if something is is good, it's not the fruit that was bad, it was the disobedience that was bad. Next, the Bible says this, he's the son of perdition. Jesus was called the the son of God, the son of man. He's called the son of perdition, the son of of torture. Do, Do you see what he's got in mind for you? Yeah, he's called the wicked one. Now, I want to stop here just for a minute because in Zechariah chapter 5, it uses the same expression. There's a, a Greek, uh, the New Testament let's say primarily in Greek. Let's take the Hebrew translation of that. In Zechariah chapter 5, it talks about a wicked one. We've studied this on another occasion, but there was a, a basket that represented the commerce of all the world. Inside there was a woman that was, that was worse than a prostitute. Why did I say worse than a prostitute? Because she not only indulged in sexual sin, but she wanted to get everybody else indulging in it as well. And in that basket, the Bible, the, the heaven says the wicked one, and that same word wicked one there for this, this woman that represented commerce and religion united. Very dangerous combination. The church should not be involved in 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 business. And business shouldn't be involved in religion. And you look today at the most powerful people, and you know what? You, you watch these things combining. And so Zechariah said the wicked one. And when you come to Thessalonians, when it describes the Antichrist, it says the wicked one. So they're, they're joint. And in Revelation chapter 17 and 18, where this woman is, she rides a beast, and, and she's the false church. You see, Just as Jesus Christ has a true church, the the Antichrist is going to have, he's not going to be no religion. He's going to to promote false religion. That's why people are going to fall for it. I'll show you. When you see this announcement, he's called the Antichrist on a variety of occasions. He's called the first beast. In Revelation 13, it talks about a beast that comes out of the sea, and this beast is going to have seven heads and ten horns, all these are really used to describe this Antichrist. So, so when we call about the Antichrist, we could be using any one of those names to, to describe him. Next, I want to give you a quick contrast so you'll see how different the Antichrist is from Christ. Okay, For example, Christ comes from above. The Antichrist dec- dec- uh, ascends up from the pit of hell. Um, Christ came in his Father's name. The Antichrist will come in his own name. Christ humbled himself. The Antichrist exalts himself. Hmm. Jesus was despised. Now, now what did Jesus do to get despised? Well, he healed people. He fed people. He always spoke the truth. And he was despised. The Antichrist, guess what? He's admired. He's, he's all the time getting people to worship him. Okay, He, he doesn't heal people except for his own good. He doesn't feed people except for his own good. Christ will be exalted. The Antichrist is going to be cast down to hell. Christ came to do his father's will. The Antichrist comes to do his own will. Christ came to save. The devil comes to destroy. I mean, there, there's verses in the Bible that confirm all these things. <clears throat> Christ is called the good shepherd. Uh, Byron, could I have you give me a glass of water, please? And, and the Antichrist will be the evil or the, the idle shepherd. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Antichrist is the lie. Every time the, every time the Antichrist speaks, he speaks a half a truth. But the trouble is, a half a truth is really a lie, isn't it? You, you can't have a half truth. It's either all true or it's not. And so he's just the opposite. He's, he's called, Christ is called the Holy One. The Antichrist is called the Lawless One. Christ is called the Man of Sorrows. And the Antichrist is called the man of sin. Christ is called the son of God, and Antichrist is called the son of perdition. Okay, There was a mystery of godliness. It was how Christ would come virgin-born. And there's a mystery of iniquity, how Christ, or how the Antichrist, would be indwelt. Listen to that, indwelt by Satan. Remember Judas was indwelt by Satan? Hmm, the Antichrist will be indwelt by Satan. Now, another question that I get all the time is, do you think the Antichrist is on the earth right now? I do. Yeah, I do. I think there's some meetings that, that I've seen take place in some places that they talk about peace. Thank you. I see some meetings where they're, they're planning to break down um, doctrinal things bring everybody together under one religious umbrella, I think the Antichrist could well be there. The Bible says we don't know who he is. So if you're waiting for me to guess, well, he's this, no. Daniel also says he's a little toe. He, he's, not the, he's not the front runner. He'll come to the top when he thinks it's the right time. But don't worry, God has the time frame already marked out. Now, what will he do? Well, number one, he will oppose God. Everything of God he's going to oppose. Okay. Number two, he will exalt himself. Next, he he wants to sit in the temple. Revelation chapter thirteen will 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 end with looking at some of that in a week or two or three. Can't be four. I'll be in Israel by then. So, uh, or we could all be in heaven before then. Uh, but he wants to sit in the temple. Remember how Satan got cast out of of heaven? Because he wanted to be equal with God. He's always wanted to sit on the throne of God. And even though he got kicked out of heaven for wanting that, now on the earth, guess what he's going to do? There's going to be a temple erected on the temple mount, and he's going to put himself up there as God to be worshipped. And if you don't worship, it'll be sudden death right there. And if you do worship, you'll have to brand yourself with the mark of the beast. And once you do, Revelation 14, 9 through 11, then you're doomed to hell forever. That, that, that's what he does to people. Okay? It says that he'll be revealed in this time. his time. His time's not yet, but I'll tell you what, it's near. And, I, and when we look at the seven marks of the antichrist, you'll see what I mean. Then next, look at this. He works with the power of Satan. Okay? They're working with all powers, signs, and wonders. He'll he'll do miracles, lying wonders. He's the master of deception. So take heed because you know what? He he can deceive in a masterful way. Um, We're going to come back to this another time. Because see the word deceived? In Matthew 24, no less than five times, he says, Deceive, deceive, deceive. Eve was deceived. We can be deceived. The Bible warns, take heed that no man deceive you. So we'll we'll look at that deceive another time. How will he do it? Well, number one, he's going to use the power of Satan. And we're no match for Satan. Apart from the spirit of God in us, then we can. He's going to use powerful men. Now, the Bible, this is where it really gets controversy, and this is where some of you are going to get mad at me, and and I'll just have to risk you being offended. But I think he's going to use powerful men. And and you look at those people, um, they're powerful. Most of them are, are wealthy. I think all of them are billionaires that are pictured up there. But you know what? They're no match for the devil and for the Antichrist. And so he's going to take and use these people for his own good. I think I've been asked at least, I started to say a thousand, probably only 500 times in the last six months, is Elon Musk the Antichrist? No. Now Elon Musk is smart. Elon Musk is rich. But he's going to play into the hand of the Antichrist. We're we're going to spend a, a few minutes on him. Not today, another week, a week or so. And I think by the time you're done, you're going to see how the Elon Musk has the Antichrist, he's feeding right into his hands. First of all, he's married to a witch. That can't be too good. Next, if you read his testimony before and after, he made a great discovery, you'll see exactly how the, the, the devil gave him his power. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Smart, wealthy, the antichrist is bigger than Bill Gates. The Bible says that he will use a harlot, a prostitute. And in a Revelation, it talks about the prostitute, it's a false church. He's going to come in the name of religion. You see, he's got to bring everybody together. He'll, he'll, it's, it's unbelievable, but he'll do it. He will use lies and deceit. Every one of us here are susceptible to somebody lying to us. Whether you trust a chair, a car, the brakes on your car, medicine, <clears throat> the Antichrist will lie. So that's how he'll do it. And he's already conditioning young people. Now, in our study, we're learning that it's either Christ or Antichrist. You see, the world is set right now for a global reset. I, I hear it every day on the news. Matter of fact, I can't watch the news in a single day without two or three reports talking about a new world order or global reset. And I really believe that this pandemic is showing how close to a global reset we really are. It's exactly what the Bible said. The more we study the Bible, the more convinced we are that God's Word is the final statement of how this world is going to end up. But here's the question, are you prepared to meet Jesus Christ? You see, to me it's interesting that in the world all around us, we're seeing pandemonium break out. We're seeing everything paving the way for the Santa Christ. We're going to continue that in our study next week. But in the meantime, I just want to put this idea in your mind. We prepare for a vacation. We prepare for an education. We, we prepare for, for sports events. But have you ever prepared to meet Jesus Christ and God the Father? See, the Bible talks about salvation, being born again spiritually. How can you do that? My friend, as you study this with us, you know that we're on the brink of Jesus coming. You know we're on the brink of seeing the, the way pay for the antichrist. And so again, I want to end in this very simple way. Have you ever acknowledged to God that you're a sinner, that you're short of His holy standard and He wants to take you to heaven? He's not willing that any should perish. But you see, He can't take sin to heaven. But my sin was forgiven on the cross. So admit you're a sinner. Acknowledge that when Jesus died on the cross, He shed His blood. He died. He rose again to forgive your sins and my sins. Then to personally accept the finished work of Jesus Christ. On the cross, he said it's finished. What was finished? It wasn't him, but it was his work of atonement. His righteousness is now available for me to cover my sin, to put away my sin, and for you. And I trust today that as you see how near we are to the fulfillment of what the Bible's been talking about, you'll say, Lord Jesus, I want to receive you as my personal Savior. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you'll join us next week, but I hope right now You'll settle the matter for all eternity to have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Father, we come to you. I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you for the hope that we have. And Father, what a comfort to know that before the Antichrist can ever come, the church, the believers are gone. Father, if there's one struggling today with doubts, if there's one struggling today with not knowing whether they're ready to meet Jesus Christ, I pray that they will come to Christ and accept Him as their personal Savior. We pray it and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.